Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Personal Growth Project podcast. In this episode, I have a special guest with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, uh, I'm Philipp Hartwig. I'm a creator on Twitter. I started in September. Um, I'm 16 years old. I, turned, I turned 16 last month, and I'm just excited to be here. So yeah, I actually met him on Twitter and he tweets the most inspirational things. So it's really an honor to have him on this podcast. Would you like to tell us how you started on Twitter and what got you into self-improvement? Yeah, so um, Twitter, I started Twitter in September. And it was pretty much, it wasn't like, I didn't start Twitter on my own. It was my brother who started in July, who pretty much told me about Twitter. And at that time I was kind of like contemplating the, you could say nine to five life. And like, um, I just, I've always loved creating content. So I started on September and it's been amazing, definitely. Like, um, I've never had this much fun <laughs> creating and writing on, on, on any kind of platform. Yeah, I completely agree. I was expecting Twitter to be more of like a numbers game, but I've actually found that it's a lot more fun to focus on creating a community. And it's really fun to meet all the different types of people that are on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh my God, I've met so many cool people on Twitter. I've never, like, it's insane how much cool people just, it's like a collection of people that you wouldn't find in real life. Like, people like you, Abigail, I, I don't, nobody, nobody in real life is like that. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I'm not sure if you've had a similar experience, but at my school, it's very hard to find people who share my same interest in self-improvement. So Twitter has really allowed me to meet other people my age who share that interest. Exactly. Like, <laughs> absolutely nobody is like, it's even like, even fitness is, isn't like, like that big of a popular topic in my school. And like pretty much nobody knows about Twitter and like writing and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty much the same for my school. Um, so how did you get into fitness? Because for me personally, I started working out, I would say over quarantine, just to kind of stay in shape. And then after that point, it kind of became a regular thing. But what was your journey with fitness? Well, um, I think the first time I kind of got into fitness it was a pretty easy routine. It was, I think, in March of 2021. And it was pretty much, I think my mother showed me like a small routine because I used to like hunch over. And I had back problems for a while, you could say. And like, that was a pretty small routine, like wall pushups and dips with chess. And I pretty much did that for a while, but I stopped again for some reason. I don't know why. And then, and I think um, in, summer, in summer of that year, it was pretty much like I was exhausted all the time. I didn't have any, any energy. So in October, I think October 6th, I got back into fitness. And since then, I, like, I started the calisthenics routine. I started going to the gym in June of this year. And it's been amazing. I feel like I've never had this amount, amount of energy and really like fun. <laughs> it's really been so amazing. Oh, absolutely. When I first started working out, what I immediately noticed was that, I don't know, it seemed kind of counterintuitive, but working out gave me so much more energy throughout the day. Mm, yeah, I, I was, it's like, it's a few hours, even back then it was like only half an hour for me or something, but that just compounds over time. Like 
it's insane how much better you feel overall. Oh, absolutely. So I have a question for you. Do you have any tips that you would give to beginners who are looking to get into calisthenics? Uh, yeah, definitely. And the first part is definitely just take some random routine. It doesn't matter. And just do it. Like, I, I was extremely skinny when I started. <laughs> I, had, I didn't have any muscles. I, was, I, I didn't even manage to, like, do three push-ups at a time at the beginning. And just start doing that. I did it every day, but that's, you know, that's not really uh, sustainable. So maybe do it like two out of three days or every three days, like a bigger routine, upper body, lower body. My mistake was that I didn't train legs for a very long time. Um, I only started training like legs in June. So just take a random routine. It doesn't matter really. You don't have to make like the perfect routine. Just start doing that and have a consistent time. Maybe like I used to do it at 6 p.m and just train um, and don't stop, like force yourself to do it. It, it sounds a bit like uh, a bit hard, but you have to force yourself because if you don't do that, then you're going to fall out of routine. I've had that, I've made that mistake so many times. That's actually really good advice. I like how you emphasize just starting because I think that's definitely what holds most people back. Now, do you have any specific um, exercises that you like the most? Like do you do push-ups or like pull-ups or things of that nature? Yeah, um, I used to really love like dips. I am, we have like a set um, of like two bars. So we can basically like do full body weight dips. I really love dips. And my favorite exercise were definitely push-ups. Like um, there was so much fun. <laughs> you just start to notice how you improve. And I also, also really love pull-ups uh, but not just uh, like those normal pull-ups but also reverse grips reverse grip pull-ups are really fun yeah I feel you about pull-ups I actually have a pull-up bar in my room and I don't really like intend to use it regularly but sometimes when I'm just walking through my room just having it there like motivates me to do pull-ups randomly and it is actually really fun to see how the number that you can do progresses over time Now, do you have any diet recommendations for listeners who may be looking to bulk up and gain muscle? Um, yeah, well, I always like drink a shake. And um, so that's better. It's sometimes when you like, um, I was skinny, so it was pretty hard for me like, to like eat more than I normally would. So basically I just you, uh, made like shakes with three bananas and like big three spoons of like yogurt or something. And that makes it way easier to like just take on more calories. And if you like wanna, I, I haven't tried that problem, but if you like wanna lose weight, then eating like calorie fence, dense foods like nuts or um, any kind of that stuff is really amazing. But you definitely have to like look at your protein intake. If you don't eat enough protein, like it was, I think one gram per pound of body weight, then your muscles aren't gonna grow as big as they could. That's definitely good advice with the protein. I used to not eat enough of it. Now, you did mention earlier that you were contemplating a nine to five lifestyle. Do you mind sharing if there was a turning point that kind of made you realize, wow, this nine to five lifestyle is not for me? <laughs> yeah, it was actually pretty hilarious how it happened. So um, I think it was it was also in June, maybe, or in July. And I just... Um, 
I think I want, I used to want to be like a teacher and I did that since I think fourth grade. I, for many years, I thought I wanted to be like a teacher. And then just one day, I think I realized it was pretty funny. I realized that, um, that I, when, if I was a teacher, then my time would be limited. And at that time I was pretty obsessed with fitness and I didn't want to like have my job impact my fitness routine. <laughs> so that was like my first, um, you could say first doubts started appearing with that but i've definitely since then have like i've had more doubts appear like i created freedom i definitely wanted that and definitely financial freedom has been a big thing for me oh absolutely i feel you about financial freedom now have you found that writing has been a really good way to make passive income like i'm sure you're probably getting into like using twitter to build an audience and maybe gain clients yeah, exactly. Um, I don't make any passive income, so I haven't made any money at all so far. Um, but I'm currently working on like um, building a consulting offer. And that's pretty much like my goal to just help people out with like, I don't know, maybe 100 followers or something like that. And just help them grow with my offer. And like, I'm planning to monetize soon. So yeah. Oh, that's a great business to get into. And I feel like you'd be really good at that. So I wish you luck with that. And when you do get it um, finished, I'd love to promote it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's, that means a lot. <laughs> okay. So since you've decided that the nine to five lifestyle is not for you, I'm curious to know, has this impacted the way that you treat school? Because I know that before I decided I didn't want a nine to five job, I was super into getting perfect grades in school all the time. And then when I figured that nine to five living wasn't really for me, I kind of backed down and started to focus more on my side hustles. Has anything changed like that for you? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Um, I didn't really hear it. Oh, no worries. So after you figured out that the nine to five lifestyle wasn't for you, did that change how you approached school? Did you start to place less emphasis on it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, on my first day of school um at that point i think it was august i didn't really i didn't i didn't start twitter yet so like i had a conversation with my brother who started twitter in july and so i basically like doubts started popping up so i saw like in school how unorganized it was and i just that was pretty boring and inefficient and I just that started to build up i just i kind of got frustrated with school a lot and um, so I started putting like in no effort pretty much because I just didn't feel like I didn't care about school that much anymore. And since I've started Twitter, I definitely like put less effort into it. But the funny thing really is that my grades haven't suffered from it. Uh, from it. I don't know what the reason of that is. Wow, that's really interesting, actually. I would say that I've also started to put less effort into it, but my grades actually did suffer a little bit. Um, I've always been like the type of student to get like 100s on everything, but this year when I started to focus more on writing, my grades have dipped down to like a low A. I'm not sure what the grading system there is, but like a 93 to 95 is like kind of a low A for us. So my grades actually did take a hit. Okay, so 
I'd like to ask now, do you have any hobbies that you're really getting into? Because I've heard that in the self-improvement sphere, a lot of people are into like coding or reading or things of that nature. Do you have any that you've really gotten into recently? Um, well, I make videos. That's pretty much been my hobby for, I think, four years. I've always loved making videos, um, but, but I don't have any skills like coding or anything. So I basically just, you've seen maybe my videos on Twitter. I like love editing videos. It's my, my favorite activity. Oh, I totally feel that. Yeah, 100%. I actually started out making videos. Um, and I think that's how I got into content creation. Because when I was little, I used to have this little camcorder. And I would just go around my house filming things. And then I just cobble together videos with really poor editing. But that was actually <laughs> how I got started. Um, what have you learned from making videos? Like, have you learned anything about like consistency or how have you grown over time with that? Um, well, I basically started like making my first videos were on YouTube. They, um, I didn't speak at all in the beginning because I was so shy <laughs> and I basically like didn't edit those videos at all. They were so boring. And <laughs> when I look back, I've like recently looked at like at all my channels, I've made five in total. And so one oh. thing is don't forget your passwords because that's a big problem with me. And um, so editing is definitely extremely important. That makes videos so much more fun. And music, oh my God, music is so important. I've like, I've uh, collected so many soundtracks from uh, films and series and like general, you know, those free soundtracks on YouTube because like they make everything so much more engaging. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I used to make um, like, you know, just talking videos where I'd sit down and share advice and they would just generally tank unless I put some sort of track in the background. So that definitely is important. Now, you mentioned that you were shy. How did you get over your speaking fear? Yeah, I was absolutely terrified of any kind of speaking for many years. I still have like some um, some parts of that still appear in my daily life. Like I still struggle to speak um, or like struggle to, you know, th that fear is always gonna be there, but um, I've definitely found a way to like really get better at it. So four years ago, I started YouTube. So that was pretty much, I loved making videos so much. And so that's a great thing to have to like, um, when you have something that you love more than the fear, then it, um, then it helps a lot. So. I didn't want to speak on videos, but because I had so much fun making them, I just like, I forced myself to speak on video. And then uh, I think two years ago or something, I like started going out more. Uh, so I used to like constantly sit in my room and stuff like that. So I started like going out more with friends and I also candidated as school president in the last two years, because that's also great for like speaking confidence. And I also participated in a, uh, talent show so just make those make things like that like force yourself to go in the in those situations and you'll grow from it it's amazing wow oh my gosh you said a talent show how was that because personally that would be like my biggest fear as someone with social anxiety <laughs> yeah no I get it it was also terrifying for me like um I remember my friend um she's like a great singer and she just talked about her, her friends had forced her into going to a talent show. Well, like, um, not, you know, not <laughs> like with a gun or something, but um, she was, she kind of like was a bit scared. Um, so I just like randomly offered her, like, what if I was a backup dancer? And she, <laughs> it was a joke at first, 
was we like uh, started talking more about it. And at some point I just said like, you know, why not? Why don't do it? it, it it's going to be fun. And I pretty much just relied on intuition at that point. If I thought about it with logic, I would have been too terrified to do it. So I just basically, it got out of my brain and I just did that. And I practiced a dancing routine for three weeks. It's the song Speechless by Naomi Scott. And like, it was, you know, it was terrifying. Before we went on stage, we were the first ones. I just like walked around a bit nervously. But once I was on stage, I just was so sure in my abilities because I had practiced that so much that it was, it was amazing. Like I felt so good on stage because I had done that, even though I was extremely terrified. And it was like one of my most, um, of my experience that, experiences that um, helped me mo- most with my growth. Wow. I mean, you know what? Props to you if you can dance in front of a crowd. I feel like that that's like <laughs> the pinnacle of overcoming social anxiety. <laughs> so I can send you the video if you want. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That's actually a really touching story. So have you found that Twitter has also helped with like getting um, confident and getting over social anxiety and talking to new people? Yeah, um, I don't know if Twitter really was the best part of that. I think, uh, well, definitely, it definitely helped with self-expression. So I found like, when you just write every day, you like find out what you like, like talking about. And it's really amazing for that. For that. So that definitely helped me. Um, but the biggest part of increasing my confidence in that point was that I just like started going on calls with people. Like, for example, this podcast, <laughs> I just uh, like started offering to people, like help them a bit on calls. And the first one was definitely terrifying. Like um, I was a bit nervous too. But the funny thing is, um, like everybody is a bit scared to go on calls. So you just ask people because um, they also want to ask you, but they're scared too. So if you just do that, and um, I remember on the first call, I went on a call with someone and they said, t- said to me, thank you for reaching out to me. I, would, um, I was too scared to reach out to you. <laughs> so um, just it's amazing for that. Wow, that really does change things. I think that generally in life, it's the craziest thing because so many of us are afraid to reach out to other people. And I feel like we think that they're going to judge us or that they're better than us in that sense. But a lot of the time, people are just as afraid as you to reach out. Yeah, definitely. It's like people are so glad when you reach out to them. And the best thing is when you take the first step, you're just doing what other people like are afraid to do so you basically like help them um, to get out more yeah absolutely so do you have any advice for listeners who may be looking to build a community on twitter and get to meet new people like how did you get started with networking on twitter um i could say that the first two months weren't definitely that great because i just basically like the first thing is definitely stay consistent that's extremely important like um However many tweets you write, I write like three, uh, three, day, three a day. Just make those tweets every day. It doesn't matter what happens. Just do that. And my fault was like, um, I used to just post those tweets and do nothing else. I didn't engage. I didn't reach out to anyone. And that pretty much led to me growing at a snail's pace over a few months. Um, so if you want to do, um, do it better than me, like start engaging a lot. So that's insanely amazing for growth. Um, like, um, I think, I don't know, like if you manage, if you have the time, write like a hundred replies a day to like bigger creators and smaller creators. And also talk to people. If you re- reply to 
some, some people a lot, just reach out to them in the DMs because um, that also is a big part of like friendships. When I remember when I engaged with people and for example, I like found you once and then I engaged on you and then I just thought like, why not? I, I'm gonna reach out to you. And it's been amazing since then, like just reach out to people, uh, build your community, just, and be a great person in the replies and DMs because if you're like kind and everything, you're gonna, it's gonna be so much fun. Absolutely, that's really great advice. Now, what do you normally say when you DM someone? Do you just find a commonality that you share and talk to them about it? Or do you like to just introduce yourself? Um, well, I definitely, like, um, in my first DMs, I kind of came off like a robot. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the most important thing is you don't have to write, like, a perfect reply. Just make a kind, like, a, just, like, um, how do you say it? just make the atmosphere make make like a kind comment like oh i've been loving your content you helped me so much with this and maybe share like a commonality like you said like we started around the same time how has it been for you just make a question that's very very easy to answer for them because then the chance of answering is really high that's really good advice and i totally relate with you on the um making that mistake in the beginning with not engaging because I actually didn't see any growth on my Twitter page until I started engaging with other accounts. I would just tweet things and I don't know, maybe they'd get one, two likes max, but it wasn't until I actually took the initiative to care about other people and their growth that I started to experience growth on my own. So that's really good advice. Yeah, definitely. Like that's the reason why my um, slogan is like engage like a madman because <laughs> I write like um, around 70 to 100 replies a day. And that's definitely like when you put yourself out there, it just makes people go to you. It's amazing. Yes, absolutely. So I saw one of your tweets about your health journey actually recently. Um, I saw a picture where you seem to be like in the hospital or something. And I'm curious to know what the story behind that was because it was a really touching post. I'm sorry, which one again? Um, it was the post that you had where you had like the, you had the monitors on your chest or something like that. Yeah, that story about my, um, like, what was it last year? Like my worst period of my life. Yes, I'd love to have you share that story. It was super touching. Yeah, so basically um, in June last year, I was like pretty fit. I jogged like three times a week. And, but I ended up like pretty much getting addicted to comfort and I just uh, started not like not even leaving my house. I just sat all day like watching series and it, it pretty much got, it, it kind of definitely <laughs> ruined my uh, life for a bit. So I just started to get like activity became hard for me because I simply didn't go out and jog anymore. I didn't take walks or anything. So it became like exhausting. So what basically happened is like my heart rate got high when I uh, started jogging and that's not really that bad you know but um being paranoid I was always like really paranoid I thought like something was wrong with me <laughs> so I just started like worrying about that I measured my heart rate with my phone all the time which isn't a good idea because it just makes you more stressed and I just worried about that all day for a long time for six weeks I think and it was it was awful you know <laughs> um and I just one time, one day was like enough. 
like it was bad for me. I had researched like on Google, which is also not a good idea, like researching your symptoms on Google just makes you like think you have cancer or anything or something. <laughs> so I just went to a doctor um, and they like measured my heart rate and said, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit high, go to a cardiolo cardiologist. And I went there and they pretty much like, they gave me that heart measuring device for uh, two days. And I was like still worrying about that. And then I went back to the doctor, to the cardiologist, and they basically told me like, oh, nothing's wrong with you, <laughs> which, which was pretty funny. Like they're, they're just realizing that six weeks of worrying was like <laughs> just for nothing. Uh, <laughs> so that really much gave me like the clarity to just um, think, you know, this, what am I doing? Like, why am I worrying about this? So I just like realized that I have to take my life back into my hands. And so I went jogging again for a few weeks. That was pretty great for my health. And I like started to get my energy back. The first time jogging was a bit exhausting, but once you like get over that, it just feels amazing. So um, then I started fitness, like because I was skinny and wanted to um, gain some muscle. And you know, since then it's like, just that, that state was the worst, definitely. But it helped me like get into a better shape. And so I'm glad it even happened. That's a really great lesson in worrying, I feel like, you know, because too often we worry about things when there really is no need to worry. So I feel like that's just a really great story to illustrate it. Yeah, like worrying is pretty much like I just know right now that it's useless. Like every time I think like when like stress just pop up, I just notice like this isn't as bad as I think. Just like you have to notice that temporary worries and stress and st stuff like that is never as bad as it seems. Just take a step back, look at the situation, and you realize that pretty much nothing matters as much as you think. Yes, that is super good advice. Now, I do have to ask, you posted a video the other day, and it looked pretty cold where you were. Do you struggle with finding the motivation to work out when it's so cold outside? Because personally, that's something that I struggle with. Do you have any tips for dealing with the cold weather? Um, well, what I remember last year, it was like, um, I didn't jog for a while. So I just basically did my fitness and like, it, it wasn't bad. I just went back home and I still like got that into it. Um, got, like got my, got my workouts and workouts in. And because like simply having that motivation, having that reason to push you, just like, it doesn't matter if it's bad weather or it's good weather or it's a bad day or a good day, because you simply know that doing that workout is going to make it so much, it's going to make you feel so much better. So I don't struggle with that. At, and I didn't struggle with that. And at the moment, my finger is broken anyway, so I can't really get my workouts in. <laughs> oh, well, that's a great way to look at it. I also do have to ask you, I've heard a lot of mixed responses on this, but do you like to listen to music when you work out or do you like to just, you know, go without any headphones? Um, it depends. Well, I've also, I've tried both. Like I've tried working out without any music, um, but I, I'm also such a, I, I love music so much. So <laughs> like definitely for my workouts, I think like 95% of my workouts have been with music because I just, I get like that push you get and like the results that improve and um, it just it makes me so happy when I listen to music it just makes it so much more fun for me yeah I have to agree with you on that one I feel like music is a really great tool for motivation and you know one day I hope to get to a point where 
I can feel like fully motivated to crush it without any headphones in, but I do feel like Asa's music is a really great tool for motivation. Yeah, um, I also like, not only with fitness, it's, it's a great motivation. I also like every time, like even before this call, I just listen to some music because it like <laughs> just uh, it, it like gives you a bit more, like a, a bit more kick. So it makes it a bit more fun, I think. Absolutely. Now, do you have any last points that you'd like to go over before I ask you the final question? Um, well, yeah, so um, I've seen you've been like on Medium. So how long have you been like on Medium? I've actually been writing on Medium since um, the summer of 2021. Originally, I started out writing on LinkedIn, which is like um, a social networking platform for professionals. And I just noticed that moving my blogs to Medium would be a really great way to kind of make them more professional and organize them. And then I found out you can actually make money through um, writing on Medium. So I've been writing on Medium ever since, and it's actually really surprised me um, with how much passive income I've been able to make on there. Oh, do you want to share how much money you made? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would actually rather not share that because I feel like mm -hmm. I don't want to discourage people, but it's honestly, I will say when I started, I did not make that much money. It generally compounds over time. So just for reference, my first few months, I would probably make only like $2 a month. Um, mm -hmm. Now I make much more than that, but the more articles you create, the more money builds up yeah. from those articles over time. So as long as you keep going with making articles, the money will build up. Um, so also another question I have, like, so what's it, what's been like your biggest struggle so far on Twitter and what's been like um, the biggest whoa moment? That's a really good question. I would say my biggest struggle has been comparison and it's something that I've stopped doing <laughs> because I initially, when I started engaging, I made a ton of friends on Twitter, and I noticed recently that I had started to compare my numbers with their numbers, so I would look at my account and I'd be like, wait, hey, they're growing so much faster than me, am I doing yeah. something wrong? And then I'd start, of, I'd start kind of like getting down in the dumps over it, but once I stopped comparing and really focused on making authentic content, that was kind of my woe moment, because... I realized I can still enjoy myself on Twitter, even if I'm not growing the fastest. Yeah, and I also have, I, I also had like this pretty much the same struggle for a while. And it's like, it doesn't do anything. Like when you compare yourself to people, it just makes you feel better, worse. And what you basically just, you know, it's, I mean, it's like great when you just use people's, like what they do and like try to experiment with it yourself and maybe it makes some better results. But also, like, just compare yourself to yourself, um, because when you like other people are going to have different results and sometimes more likes doesn't just doesn't mean like likes and cash, like Jacob Molino says. <laughs> and like comparing yourself isn't going to do anything. Just like compare yourself to yourself and try to find the best version of your own content. Yes, that is super good advice. Okay. So my final question is a question that I like to ask all guests who come on the podcast. If, okay, what would you tell your younger self if you could go back one year and give 
you know, you from one year ago, some sort of warning or advice? Is there something you'd like to tell them? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if it like, I'm happy that it got to this. And maybe if I like told myself one year ago that and that advice, they wouldn't have done it. Uh, or, yeah, they probably wouldn't have done it because my a year ago, I was pretty ignorant. But um, so like, I don't know if I would tell them anything. Maybe it's just amazing to watch them go the same way. But if it changed something positively, then I would definitely tell them for one to like just go out more and like put yourself more in the situations. And number two is to like basically stop deceiving myself. So that's been like one of my biggest problems is like just constantly like lying to myself and like trying to uh, love something which I didn't really love simply because it like felt better temporarily. But that's, if you like do that, it's just gonna make it like worse for you. So for a long time, I like really struggled with actually knowing what I wanted simply because I had just lied to myself for so long. And since I've like started writing, I definitely like stopped doing that. So I'm like, you have to be honest with yourself because if you're not honest with yourself and you don't know what you want, you don't know what's wrong with your current situation and you don't know like what you actually want to do. So that's like, st stop lying to yourself. <laughs> that's really great advice. And I do like the answer. I like how you emphasize that maybe it's best to just let your younger self grow because I do believe it's important that, you know, if we hadn't gone through the struggles we went through a year ago, we wouldn't really be where we are today. Yeah, definitely. Like if I told myself one year ago that I should stop worrying about like a heart rate, then maybe it would have been better, but maybe he also would have like um, not have the will to start fitness. So maybe I'm actually glad that I started fitness because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Um, I will be sure to link your Twitter in the description. So for any listeners who would like to know more about the type of content that he posts, I will link his Twitter in the description so that you can see his tweets. Um, there's some really great stuff on there. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been really great. Yes, thank you. I'll talk to you later. Yes, have a great rest of the day. You too. All right, so that was an interview with Philip Hartwick. If you liked what he had to say, then be sure to follow his Twitter page. I will link his Twitter username in the description of the podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes. Um, Philip was really just a joy to talk to. So if you like this episode, be sure to give the podcast a good rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend if you enjoyed it. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you all in the next week's episode.